Welcome to High Cheese. It's Friday, October 13th, 2023. And let's talk about Israel. And I support Israel. And as a country, we should support Israel within reason. And we don't need to let the neocons take over and get us into another world war. Now, let me just put this into context. Now, Israel's a small country. Israel has 160,000 active troops and and about 460,000 troops in reserve. So they just called up 360,000 reservists, which gives them an army of over a half a million right now. And that's more than adequate for them to defend a small country. The United States has been giving them $3 billion a year in military aid over the years. And I saw a statistic that I think since World War II, the United States has given Israel $300 billion in military aid. And this includes all the best weaponry that we could give them. Now, let's put this in contrast to Hamas. And you hear varying statistics on the size of the Hamas army. And you hear anywhere from 10 to 20,000 men. So let's split it in half just for argument's sake. Say, say they have 15,000 soldiers or terrorists. Can't even call them soldiers. They're terrorists. And that's what the Israeli army is fighting. And right now they've surrounded the Gaza Strip. And the Gaza Strip is about one and a half times the size of Manhattan. Just Manhattan, not New York City, Manhattan. And they've got about two million people there. So they already have their enemy isolated. They know where their enemy is. They just have to go in and get him. And it's going to be tough because it's going to be street fighting. It's all buildings in the Gaza Strip where Hamas thrives. And it's going to be door-to-door combat. But there's plenty of Israeli troops that can handle this right now. Now, there's another issue up north with Hezbollah on the Lebanon border. And apparently they've got anywhere from, you hear stories, anywhere from 25,000 to 100,000 terrorists. And they're better trained than Hamas. But right now there's just been some skirmishes up north. And Hamas said that they are going to attack, for whatever that means, if Israel goes into the Gaza Strip. And that's where the United States can come in and give them some aid, some support, if that happens. So in the short term, they can take care of themselves without an excessive amount of support from the United States. Now, we've sent some ships over there, and which can be quite helpful. But right now, there's no rush for us to start World War III in spite of what the neocons want. And the reason I'm saying this is that it's MAGA that has the level heads. It's MAGA that's being reasonable right now. Now, we've got the neocons out there. you got Lindsey Graham out there saying, oh, we've got to bomb Iran. You've got an editorial from the Wall Street Journal. I think it was a day or two after the attack on Israel. 
And the editorial says, wake up, Washington. A second regional war, first Ukraine and now Israel, calls for an urgent bipartisan defense effort. And they want to jack up defense spending, of course. The military-industrial complex that Eisenhower warned us about. This is another opportunity for them to make money. And isn't it ironic, right after the uh, announcement of the uh, Israeli, uh, the attacks in Israel, defense stocks went up. Now, I don't know where they finished this week, but the market's finishing up this week, in part by this problem in Israel. Now, Hamas has to be destroyed. And right now, Israel has the capability of doing it themselves. But the Wall Street Journal, these neocons, these globalists, they're using this as an excuse to... Let's start another war. Let's make some money in the process. Let's keep Americans' minds off the real problem with the country. Hey, tell me, Wall Street Journal, how many of your kids are in the Army? How many of your kids are going to go to war? Hey, Lindsey Graham, do you have any kids that are going to go to war? And it's MAGA. It's the MAGA people that are the ones that are going to do the fighting for the war. And they have a place at the table right now because of Donald Trump. And it's the neocons. It's the Wall Street Journal. It's the military-industrial complex that is being unreasonable right now. And again, don't take this as uh, us not supporting Israel. We should support Israel. But we don't support World War III, particularly when we're going to fight it. Not you. Not the editorial board in the Wall Street Journal. Not the employees of the military-industrial complex. Not people at the Carlisle Group. It's us. It's our kids. And with that said, I want to go to a clip, and it's with uh, Mark Milley. Mark Milley is leaving, and he's probably looking for a job with a defense contractor. And he was asked about whether Afghanistan was worth it. And let's go to the clip to hear his response. To those who served in Afghanistan for two decades and lost family members and friends and wonder, was it worth it? That's always the question, right? So 2,461 killed in action by the enemy in Afghanistan over 20 years. Was it worth it? Look, I can't answer that for other people. This is a tough business that we're in, this military business. He can't answer it? The top military guy in the White House? He can't answer whether the Afghanistan war was worth it. He couldn't even say a patronizing comment that, yes, it was worth it. Because he doesn't care. It's about his own power. It's about his own next job. And if he's got to churn young Americans in the process of his own career, of his own power, he'll do it. Remember, this is the guy that called the top general in China during the transition from Trump to Biden and said, look, if we attack, we'll let you know. If we do anything military, well, I'll let you know first. That's treasonous. Trump is right. That's treasonous. And it's because he does not have this country's interests at heart. He's got his own. And these are the type of people that want to lead you in another world war because it's good for them. And they'll put window dressing on. Oh, we've got to show power. We've got to, you know, protect the world. Not about that. It's about their own pocketbook, about their own power. The neocons are out there. Fox Network's out there. They're pushing for another world war. 
Let's bomb Iran, Iran before this issue in Israel's not even settled. Now, speaking of Israel, here's where our real support is going to come from. And I saw, it was an interesting interview. It was I think it was a former uh, Israeli ambassador to the United States. His last name was uh, Doran, I think, or Doran. And he asked, you know, he was asked, well, what kind of support do you want from us right now? He goes, listen, listen. he goes, the support I want from the United States and the support I want from the rest of the world that's on our side is when we go into the Gaza Strip and pictures are released of the war that are not going to put Israel in the good light. Because what's going to happen, Israel's going into Gaza, they're going to kill Hamas, and there's going to be collateral damage. And you know the game that the Palestinians play. They'll show pictures of dead kids, they'll show pictures of dead women and children, which is terrible. But they're trying to induce a response from the rest of the world for, uh, against Israel. And before I forget, you know, you got to understand too is that the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip, they voted Hamas into office. They had elections and the political wing of the Hamas group uh, was elected. They're in charge there. And it's unfortunate, but they got to get out of there. Now, Israel has given them a warning. They said, look, you got 24 hours to get out. So get out. Now, you hear stories that Hamas is not allowing the civilians to leave because they want to use them as uh, human shields. But that can't prevent Israel from defending themselves. And that's the support that Israel wants right now. Because when you start seeing those pictures of war, when you start seeing the bodies of Palestinian women and children killed, you have to rationalize it. Israel's defending themselves against people that use human shields. All right, so I, I digress for a moment. Now, you, ha you have to understand is that, look, Hamas, Hezbollah up north is financed by Iran. No offense or buts. They, they, they finance terrorism throughout the world. But how are they able economically to fund ter terrorism throughout the world? Well, right now there's, there's two reasons. One is China. China has these trade deals with Iran. They buy oil from Iran. And this makes uh, Iran wealthier. Gives them the ability to fund these terrorist groups. So if you want to cut off the funding of terrorist groups, cut off the funding for Iran, which is China. And then you have to take a look at Joe Biden's policies. Let's take a look at oil. Joe Biden's policies has jacked up oil to over $90 a barrel. Now, it dropped uh, a little bit, but I think it's, it's touching upon, WTI is touching upon $90 again. And you know what happens when... Oil's at $90 a barrel. Iran makes a lot of money. And if it wasn't for Biden taking us from, an, from producing massive amounts of oil internally, which caused oil to hover around, I think, $40 a barrel during the Trump administration, to where it is today. And Biden likes to say, well, it's because of the Ukraine war. Well, we, the Ukraine war is because of you, because of your weakness. Then the other thing is, is Biden looked the other way on the sanctions that were implemented for Iran. 
They just look the other way. Oh, yeah, no, you can do it. You were sanctioned, but we're not going to implement it because we want to do a deal with you. So you want to cast blame on Iran. Well, Iran's got two rich uncles. One is China. The other is Joe Biden. And let's take a look at Joe Biden's special envoy to Iran. He had his security clearance suspended over personal conduct, mishandling of protected information. And let's go to this article. It's from the New York Post. It says, President Biden's official Iran envoy had his security clearance suspended earlier this year after serious issues were raised internally about his handling of protected material, according to a leaked State Department memo published over the weekend by an Iranian media outlet. Robert Malley was placed on unpaid leave effective at the end of June, but the State Department declined to specify why drawing scrutiny from congressional Republicans. The Tehran Times, an English-language daily newspaper believed to have close ties to theocracies, foreign ministries, purported to shed light on the matter Sunday by publishing an April 21st memo labeled Sensitive but Unclassified and addressed to Mali from Aaron Smart, director of the Office of Personnel Security. And in the memo, Smart wrote, that the office has received information regarding you that raises serious security concerns and can be disqualifying under the national security guidelines. The memo did not divulge Malley's specific conduct and underscored his clearance was only being suspended, not revoked. Rob Malley remains on leave. Malley has previously been accused by Republicans of being overly cozy with certain factions in Tehran. Earlier this month, Malley landed a gig at Princeton University. Shocking, huh? Malley helped spearhead U.S. negotiations with Iran and previously served as a top negotiator of the controversial 2015 Iran nuclear deal. So what was this all about? It was about the Biden administration's cozy relationship with Iran. And what were the documents Malley was leaking to Iran? Were they about Israel? We don't know right now, but this is just indicative of the Biden administration's uh, cozy relationship with Iran. And then you had the $6 billion that were given in ransom for five hostages that Iran was holding. Now, apparently they released the funds, but now they unreleased them. So we don't know the status of uh, this six billion dollars. And then we have to take a look at the overall priorities of the Biden administration. And I'm going to go to a clip and it's with Joe Biden declaring that climate change is an existential threat to the United States greater than nuclear war, which is absolutely absurd. So let's go to this clip and then we'll come back and discuss. The only existential threat humanity faces, even more frightening than a than a nuclear war is global warming going above 1.5 degrees in the next 20, 10 years. Given all the nuclear players in these two areas where we are now engaged on, does the president stand by that comment? 
Absolutely, he does. Climate change is an existential threat. It can, you know, it actually threatens and is capable of wiping out all human life on Earth uh, over time. I mean, that's I don't know how more existential you can get to that. But that doesn't mean that we walk away from our obligations, our national security interests in very dangerous parts of the but John, world. You mentioned he said them. it was more frightening than a nuclear war. Is that it's more frightening than a nuclear war in this moment? The president believes wholeheartedly that climate change is an existential threat to the all of human life on the planet that's just science that's a fact martha but it doesn't mean that we turn our back on the other challenges facing this country and our allies and partners around the world we've and that was an interview with martha mccallum now i don't watch fox but i picked this interview up off the internet and it shows us the lack of seriousness that the biden administration has toward iran and then John Kirby, the part-time White House spokesperson, after Israel was attacked, says, yeah, it's still the top priority of Joe Biden. Global warming, not nuclear arms, global warming. I want to take us to a report about Egyptian intelligence warning Israel about this pending attack. And Israel dropped the ball on it. And I also find it hard to believe that Egyptian intelligence would warn Israel about the pending attack and not warn us. So I got a sneaky suspicion that they also warned us because we do have a relationship with Egypt. And with that said, I want to take us to a clip. It's with Jake Sullivan, Biden's national security advisor. And two weeks ago, he was claiming everything's great. In the Middle East. So let's go to this clip and then we'll come back and discuss. And the Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. So the Middle East is quieter today than it has been in two decades. And that was two weeks ago. How wrong could you be? And this Biden administration is full of unserious people, unqualified people, and they're shameless. And with that said, I want to turn to our own border, our southern border, where we have up to 11 million people, by some estimates, that have entered this country under the Biden administration. And among those people are terrorists. And with that said, I want to go to a clip. It's a White House press briefing where they bought in Jake Sullivan. And the press is asking him about what's going on with the border. We know that terrorists are out there. We know that there have been terrorists captured at the border. And what do you plan to do? So let's go to this clip and then we'll come back and discuss. Thanks, Jake. Um, So on the home front, over 150 people who are on the terrorist watch list have been seized along the southern border this fiscal year. And we've reported that there's been over 1.5 million known gotaways since the Biden administration took office. Is this something the American people should be worried about right now? We continue to remain vigilant about terrorist threats to the homeland from anywhere. It is something that we are very much working on, that we are consulting with the Congress on, that we are seeking to secure the necessary resources to continue to work through. And any time we see any threat stream, 
involving a terrorist threat to the homeland, we mobilize every asset and resource of the U.S. government to go after that. And that includes uh, information and analysis that uh, we have shared with the Congress about plots emanating from the Middle East, plots emanating from other places. We'll continue to do that. And this should send chills up your spine. Sullivan's, who we know is not serious, we know is incompetent, gives some bureaucratic doublespeak. Oh, we're going to remain vigilant. Well, I don't believe them. I don't think you should believe them. They don't know what they're doing. Their priorities are all messed up. And we should be worried. And this is the mainstream media asking him this question. Just in one fiscal year, 150 terrorists have been detained at the border. And there was 1.5 million gotaways that they didn't get. So how many of those 1.5 million gotaways are terrorists? They don't know. And quite frankly, I'm not sure if they care. Now, there's also reports that Hezbollah is working with the Mexican cartels on the southern border. Apparently, they've been training with them. They've been helping them bring terrorists into the country. But they're here. They are here, my friend. And it's because of the Biden administration. It's because of these leftists that we have in government. Now, the funny thing, people are are knocking Donald Trump because he had mentioned in a speech the other day that Hezbollah, they're smart people. They're smart at what they do. Well, that makes sense. You have to respect the capabilities of your enemy in order to crush them. And they will be crushed. It's like being an athlete or being a boxer and you don't respect the abilities of uh, the guy you're fighting, well, you're going to lose. And these people are trying to hammer Donald Trump for acknowledging the capabilities of your enemy. Maybe this is why we have a mess. Because these people in charge today, they're responding like childs. And it seems to me that Donald Trump is the only adult in the room. MAGA is the only adult in the room right now. So we shall see. And I'm not surprised by the number of anti-Semites that we have in our colleges today. Whether they're teachers, whether they're students, they're anti-Semites. And this has been going on for years and years. Not only has our educational system been infiltrated by far-left people, communists, but also by anti-Semites. And we see this today with these students, particularly in these Ivy League schools, coming out in support of Hamas and the murders of Jews. And we also hear from professors also. And I think it's funny. I think it was Harvard, a couple of other Ivy League schools. They, some of these uh, student unions came out for their support for Hamas. And a couple of these corporations, uh, one of them, a uh, few of them on Wall Street came out and said, I want the names of those people because we're not going to hire them. And now some of these anti-Semite students are backtracking. Oh, no, we didn't really mean it. Bull, you already said it. There's no room for you in society. And hopefully these far leftists on Wall Street are realizing this is what you get. In your lust for power, this is what you get.
So we shall see. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the House Speakership. And earlier in the week, they went behind closed doors because they didn't want to have this fight on the House floor. They wanted to avoid the 15 rounds of voting on the House floor. So they did it behind the scenes. So they went in a closed caucus and they tried to have a vote on who they want to speak speaker. And at first it came out that Scalise was nominated, but he didn't have enough votes to become speaker. And I think they need 218 votes. And Scalise, although he came out of the caucus with the most votes, it wasn't 218 votes. So Scalise dropped out. And then lurking in the background is Kevin McCarthy and some of his rhino supporters that are trying to bring him back. Fox is trying to bring him back. They have him on Hannity. They have him on a couple other shows. And they're trying to keep McCarthy's name alive. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. And then today, earlier today, it was Jim Jordan. He garnered the most votes in the caucus. But again, it wasn't 218. So they recessed for the weekend. And I guess they're going to try to work on getting, I think there were 55 votes against Jim Jordan. And we'll see if he can pick up uh, the extra 55 votes or whatever that'll get him to 218. But here's what you have to realize. The mainstream media, the rhinos, Fox, they're trying to create an environment again where, oh, this is chaotic. This is... This is not the way government should be run. Yes, it should be. This is how democracy works. This is how sausage is made. It's sometimes ugly, but this is democracy. So the mainstream media, Fox, they're going to come out there. Well, what are we going to do with Israel? We have to have a speaker in place so we can show our support for Israel. So we can get them some kind of package. Well, don't worry about Israel right now. They can take care of themselves right now. They got a powerful army. Although they had to screw up on intelligence, they have a powerful army. And they're motivated. And we have a defense budget of $800 billion. So you don't think that in our defense budget of $800 billion, almost a $1 trillion budget, they can't find existing money to give to Israel right now? But this is the play behind the scenes. Look, there's a battle with the Republican Party right now, between MAGA and the Rhinos. And MAGA has been winning behind the scenes. That's how they got rid of Kevin McCarthy. And you have to understand, McCarthy did not do the party right. McCarthy did not do this country right with the deals that he cut with the Biden administration. One on the debt ceiling. He allowed... Biden to have an unlimited cap on accumulating U.S. debt up until, I think, January 1st, 2025. And in return, McCarthy loves to throw this out there. Well, I got them to reduce spending by 1% on non-mandated items. Here's what McCarthy is, where McCarthy is fooling you. Fiscal year 2020 spending went up 43% over fiscal year 2019 spending. 43%. 
And that 43% additional spending is essentially what's causing these huge deficits right now. And that's the baseline that McCarthy and Biden want to use in, in the future when putting a budget together. So we've increased spending 43% since 2019. And McCarthy comes out that he's uh, some kind of hero because he wants to reduce a discretionary budget by 1% that was already increased 43% a couple of years ago. You're not going to reduce our debt with a 1% cut. There has to be more. And that's what MAGA wants. And it's funny, you see these talking heads on Wall Street. Oh, it's no big deal. As long as it's a certain percentage of the year old, old GDP, it's no, it's no problem. And then they have the nerve to say, well, if it becomes a problem, government can just spend more. And it just, just creates a, a death cycle, death spiral. And that's how irresponsible the people on Wall Street are today. And these rhinos and these Democrats are hanging their ha uh, hat on the hook that Wall Street is providing. This crazy financial ideology that says that, oh, the government spending doesn't matter. Oh, inflation doesn't matter. Because it doesn't affect us. It affects the rest of the people, the unwashed people. And that's one of the reasons. And the other issue is the border, J6 tapes. What are they going to do with funding the Department of Justice, particularly that division that's going after Donald Trump? So these are all answers that have to be addressed by whoever becomes the speaker. And I'm sure I'm missing a couple of items that MAGA wants. But on the other hand, you have these rhinos that just want to keep it going. They got the uniparty going. Massive debt. Non-ending wars. The revolving door between government employees, elected officials in the private sector. That's what these rhinos want. They want the continued management of the decline of the United States. As long as they're in power, they don't care. So we'll see what happens next week. And you have a good week. Say a prayer for Israel. And thank you very much for listening.